if you would pray with me, please. Oh God, speak to me that I may hear and through me that we all may hear. And having heard this your word today, make it fresh and new for us. And help us to be doers of it and not hearers only. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know what the backstory is, right? There's a lot of movies that are made out of, of the prequels, if you will, to movies we know. It's the story of how things came to be in the movie that you are watching, the backstory, if you will. A little bit of backstory for how the Israelites, these Hebrew people, got to Egypt in the first place and are now there enslaved and not free. And it all goes back to a man named Joseph. 400 years before, Joseph came to Egypt uh, in an unusual way. You may remember he and his 11 brothers were all together living on his father's farm. And Jacob favored most of all his son Joseph. Remember, he gave him the coat of many colors as a gift to honor him and show him his love? Well, his 11 brothers and sisters. And if you know anything about sibling rivalry and how heated that can be, his uh, 11 brothers, rather, decided to take matters into their own hands. They decided to get rid of Joseph altogether. And so they sold him into slavery, and they took his coat and spread blood on it and took it back to Jacob and said, your son Joseph is now dead. Their father bought it, and their brother was taken on to Egypt as a slave. Well, some years later, as God would have it, Jacob learned the truth about his son Joseph, and that was that his brothers had sold him into slavery. There was a famine in the land, and they did not have food to eat, and he sent his sons to go to Egypt, where he heard there was grain available to buy it. Who do you think that they met there? Their brother Joseph, but not only on the street, but in a position of power and of, of influence and of, of great wealth. He had become, and risen through the ranks over the years, in Pharaoh's court, a very important person. And irony of ironies, his brothers that had thrown him into slavery and wished him ill, had to beg for him to give them food to eat. Well, fast forward 400 years after Joseph and his brothers arrived in that place, and the Hebrew people over countless generations and pharaohs and leaders had become numerous, and they had become a threat to the pharaoh. There was a new pharaoh that came into power, and and. The Hebrew people were not in the good graces of them. And so Pharaoh decided that his solution to the threat would be, as you heard, to off all of the Hebrew boys that are born. But in an amazing, amazing turn of events, this woman that gave birth to this baby named Moses stood up with courage and with great wisdom and with with great faith, and she was able to find a way to 
scourged the edict that had been given, that threatened the very blood of her children and of her family. God had special plans in store for Moses, and God used his mother and other women in this story to bring about an extraordinary turn of events. It shows us what kind of of people God uses to help us through dark and difficult times in, in life and how we can even be helpful for people that are facing challenging situations. What kind of people did God use in this, this plan to, to put Moses on the road to success, to lead his people, and to be such an extraordinary, humble person? First, he uses humble people to make a difference. Doesn't God do that? God takes the, the foolish in the eyes of the world that are very humble and meek and uses them for great purposes in history and in lives especially in faith. Jesus preached the the Sermon on the Mount and said, uh, Blessed are the meek and those that are humble, because theirs shall be the kingdom of God. There were some humble women in this story, and Moses' mother certainly comes to mind, but the others as well in the backstory, if you will, took a great posture of humility and sought God out for what was facing them. I did not read for you, but but part of Pharaoh's plan was, first of all, before giving an edict to get rid of all of the, the firstborn or the, the, for the, the boys of the Hebrew uh, mothers, was to ask two particular midwives to, to take care of the situation as they were birthing the babies, bringing them into the world. Shipra and were their names, Hebrew mothers. And when Pharaoh went to them and said, I command you to do this, they flat out refused. The Bible doesn't tell us what the consequences are, but it says that they feared God, and so they did not go ahead with Pharaoh's plan. What what a, a great and incredible thing that in the face of power someone would be humble enough to say you know it's not about you it's about God and what you are trying to do is wrong in the eyes of God no matter how right you think it might be it takes great courage to do that it takes great humility it takes people that are anchored in faith to do such things as that There was a a sense of of humility of all involved in the Hebrew people because they had to trust and believe that God was going to fulfill the promises that he had made to their their ancestors that were now theirs, even though they were in very dark and difficult times. Because I told you that they were descendants of Joseph and his brothers, which meant they were descendants of of, Joseph. Jacob, which meant they were descendants of Isaac and descendants of Abraham. And God had made a pact, covenant with Abraham, to say, if you will be my God, then I, if you will be my people, then I will give to you a place to call home and, and people more numerous than the stars. Well, obviously in Egypt, in slavery, the part about being numerous and the number of the stars, they had fulfilled God's promise in that way. But they did not have a place to call their own a home. 
and their very lives of, of their young were being threatened now to, to be lost. Were the number of descendants going to decrease? They had to have faith and believe that this promise God had made would come to be fulfilled. Did they doubt that God was with them? No, they continued to believe that God would fulfill his promises, though they could not see it at the time. And often in life, it takes a humility about us, doesn't it? To believe that God's invisible hand is at work behind the scenes, doing things, lining things up, moving things in a direction for his good and for our our benefit and for his love for us when we can't see it happening. Sometimes we have to have faith when, when it's not evident that God is there with us. And yet we know it takes great humility and love of God and worship to do that. What, what difficult things do we face in our lives right now in the week to come? What do you have that's, that's dark and hard? Do you believe that even though you've got to step up and face something you may not want to face, that God is still going with you and still preparing a way and that his hand is still moving throughout it all through other people through your faith we must be humble and take a a posture of of faith and of prayer and as we do that we will see that God will see us through God uses humble people to to fulfill his plan just as he saved Moses for the great road ahead God also uses wise people to make a difference as well. And I highlight and I lift up to you the women in this story again as being very faithful and very wise in how it was that they handled the situation. Now, I have to say that for the Bible, especially for the Old Testament, to to lift up and to recognize women is a very unusual thing in Middle Eastern culture. I want you to appreciate the value of that in this story because we don't see it everywhere. Did you see in the news just last month that, that finally in Saudi Arabia, the first women ever got their driver's license? Can you believe that? 2018, and just now women in that culture are finally being allowed to get behind the wheel. Now, men, don't start joking and talking about women drivers. Remember that, that Moses wandered around in the desert for 40 years and got no direction and was lost. Let's don't start the gender arguments today, but let's simply celebrate. Let's simply celebrate that, that in this story, God uses these women in a mighty way and uses their wisdom to outdo the great authority of Pharaoh. Don't think that this was just some circumstantial story where where Moses' mother thought it was a good idea at the time to get a basket and put some pitch on it and put her baby in it and just just ship him off and, and hope and pray for the best. Don't think that it was just some mishap or some last desperate attempt to save her child, notice that all along she had been thinking through and planning out and plotting how it was that she was going to save her son. And not just that, but provide for him for the future that that she hoped and prayed and desired for him to have. Did you notice in, in, in the story that that 
she hid her son for, for three months, and during that time concocted a plan. No doubt that in, in her, her wisdom and praying to God and, and giving it the time and asking among other people of how to handle the situation, she came up with a, a way that seemed quite impossible and yet, yet very much was, was a success. Did you notice that, that the plan that she had was, was based upon the precise moment that the Pharaoh's daughter would come out? and take her daily bath there among the bulrushes, the, the reeds there along the Nile River. Do you think that she stalked Pharaoh's daughter for those three months beforehand to see what time she came out every day? How else would she enable her son to arrive just at the right time? And did you notice that Miriam, who will play a big role in Moses' life a little later, travels along beside the basket and just so happens to appear at the time that the Pharaoh's daughter comes out for her bath and finds the basket. And did you notice that, that she was just ready to ask if she could be of assistance to Pharaoh's daughter when she found this baby and, and felt compassion for it and said, you know, I, I think I could probably find someone to nurse that baby for you if you if you need me to do that, and when she said yes, do you think it was just by chance that Miriam said, well, you know, my mom would probably do that? No, I think there was a plan in place. There was great wisdom and great thought and prayer and consideration that went into to giving not only Moses a chance in life, but a great future. Because Pharaoh's daughter would uh, adopt him as her own. He would have a great upbringing and education unlike any others outside of the, the palace of Pharaoh. God was using Miriam, his sister, and, and Moses, his mothers, and, and even, even Pharaoh's daughter to bring about a way when it did not seem there was any. I know that in my life some of the, the dumbest mistakes that I have made, and I'm not going to tell you about them all today, or any of them for that matter, but the dumbest mistakes I have made have been those that I have just done what I thought was right at the moment, or just went ahead and made a decision because I was tired of waiting, without giving it proper time, being patient with God to show me a way and develop a plan, without going and praying to God or seeking out the biblical story for examples of how how God would have me to handle the situation. Wisdom comes about not just from thinking that we're right and smart and good, but it comes from seeking out something greater than us, and it's, it's the guidance and the hand of God. If, like these women in the Bible, we will be patient and, and consider those decisions that are so weighty in life where life may hang in the balance, and we're patient and faithful to God. He will provide a way and help us to see where it is that we should go. God uses people that are humble and people that are, are wise and seek him out. Finally, God uses courageous people to bring about his plan in the world and to make things happen that seem inconceivable. This tremendous story of these women could not be read without 
the sense of courage that they had in facing down the supreme ruler of Pharaoh who could have had anyone taken out at any time, who had given the edict to wipe out children in in infanticide in a way that, that we can't conceive someone doing. In the face of all of that difficulty and challenge and the darkness of slavery and in the difficulty of of being the ones that that seem to be blamed as the cause for every problem of Pharaoh in Egypt. They had great courage to stand up and do what integrity told them to do, what their faith told them to do. Shipra and Puah, the midwives, as I mentioned, were were just flat out uh, resistant to Pharaoh and denied him what they asked. But Miriam, the older sister of Pharaoh that accompanied him down the aisle with the basket, she showed great courage for a young girl to go there right on the edge of the palace in the halls of power and to to think that maybe she could make a difference and that God could use her to save her brother, Pharaoh's daughter. Despite the edict her father had given to take out all of the Hebrew boys followed the, the nudge of compassion that God pushed her heart to, to reach out and, and take the child and to provide for it and to take it as her own. There are courageous people each and every day that, that face challenges and difficult circumstances, and they are inspiring to us because we know one day will be called upon to be courageous as well. There's a, a great illustration that we used in a Sunday school class that I taught today. A video by John Ortberg talked about how God is with us in the least likely of moments and how that ought to give us a sense of confidence and of courage. And he tells a story that comes from a, a Disney movie that came out some years ago called The Bear. And it was about a little bear cub whose mother was killed and who was fledgling, running around. He was adopted or taken care of or in by, by a, a large Kodiak bear, the, a father, not to him, but, but became one to him, taught him how to do the things in life that, that little bears have to learn to do and showed him how to do uh, other things as well. There's one scene in the movie that he describes where, where there is a, a mountain lion that approaches the little cub, and and the little cub is much smaller and not experienced, and and he's scared. He's seen what what the bear that's adopted him has done before to scare off predators, and so he raises his claws and gives a little roar, and almost surprisingly. The mountain lion is afraid and has a look of fear and turns and runs away like the little cub has scared him all. But then the, the cameras turn back to the little bear, and, and there behind him is something that, that he's not aware of, and it is of the full-grown adult male Kodiak bear standing on his hind feet with his claws out in a threatening position. 
and it has saved little cub, and it has given him confidence. God has our back in such a way as that, that oftentimes we do not see or are not even aware of. Through people that are in our lives that are making a way for us and paving a path, through folks that, that show concern and compassion to us. God is, is alive and well and at work and doing amazing things because of it. It simply takes a sense of courage, trust in God, and faith to do what we're called upon to do. I'll end with uh, just a few words this morning. And I can uh, say this today because she's not here. But um, our secretary, Joy, who is um, at the beach, is uh, facing a tough challenge, as you may know. Uh, she's through two of uh, 20 chemotherapy treatments for breast cancer that she's dealing with and struggling with. And yet, through it all, I, I've just been amazed and, and, no, I've been inspired with the courage with which she's taken that on and faced it. it. It's affected me in a way that I never have been affected by cancer before because seeing her go through it and the, the fear in her eyes in the beginning and on the onset and the tears that, that she has shed over, over the the struggle that she is facing, and yet, yet her family is um, scared about as well. And yet, in great courage and in great strength, deep within her, I can see that there is a rock and a, 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 a something that she leans upon that gives to her, gives to her power that is not of this world, and helps her to stand in in courage, courageously facing the beast of cancer. There is um, a lot that life can throw at us. Yes, there is a lot that life can throw at us, uh, good and bad. And in the midst of challenges and of the bad, God helps us through other people, through wisdom and seeking him out, and through, through courage as well. I, I hope and pray this morning as we close for, for all of us to be such people as these women in the story. If we could bow our heads, please. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful witness of a young boy born thousands of years ago in a place that most of us have never been, that would be used by you, a man of faith and a man of great courage himself that learned from the best of the best from, from women in his life that showed him the way. Lord, thank you for their being the vessels of you and being your hands to make a way for this man that would be a savior to the Hebrew people in the Old Testament covenant. Lord, help us all to, to be humble and be of faith. Help us to seek you out and to be patient in those things in life that we struggle with. Lord, help us to be courageous when we're called upon to do things that, that may be difficult and we may even think that we can't face. Thank you for having our back and being the, 
the invisible hand and the guiding force along the way. God, just give us faith to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.